Welcome to Duel of the Greats. We don't have a full episode for you this time, but we figured if you've stuck with us this long, maybe you are interested in what brought us to this point. Why are we making this podcast? We talked about it a bit in some of the episodes, but maybe you want to know a little bit more about us. So, we each recorded a few thoughts on our favorite movies, and if you're interested in them, you can keep listening. First will be Jeff, then Nate, and then I'll kick it back to myself somehow. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Herr, and I am one of the triumvirate of co-hosts of the Duel of the Greats podcast, as I'm sure you're well aware of at this point. So just to give a little background on myself, just as, as Steve and Nate have or will also do, um, I am, I guess just first, uh, if you've listened to, to Nate's portion, you'll know he and Steve are cousins. That's how they know each other. Well, uh, Steve and I, have been friends for a while. Our wives went to law school together. And so that's how we met. And then eventually there was a job opening at my work. And so I recommended Steve for the job. He came in and really got the job. So now not only are we friends, and we've been friends for almost a decade now, but we actually work together on a daily basis. And then when uh, that's kind of, we just talk obviously a lot because we're friends. We see each other every day and um, we started getting into this podcast and then Steve was like, Hey, I've got a cousin who is a, has a film degree. So that's how Nate came, came along, but that's how, uh, so that's, that's my relationship to Nate. I didn't really know him until this podcast, but we've, you know, all hit it off really well. We have a, we have a good dynamic, I think. So I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are to, to record, uh, as for me and my sort of film history, if you will, um, we can start with my sort of favorites. You know, obviously, depending, I always like to say, depending on the day, this can definitely change, especially if we're going to talk about a top five or something, you know. So, um, you know, you might catch me at a different time and I'll say, oh, this is one of my top five movies of all time. But I, I try and look at it when I, if I ever try and summarize something, I try and look at it as, as, as one of the movies that I keep coming back to that even if they somehow fall out of the top five for another movie, they may come back in later. And so that's kind of how I tend to look at things where a movie that I'm always just like, every time I talk about it and think about it, it's hard not to say it's in my top five. Uh, and that's sort of how I've tried to come at this list. And uh, so Number one for me, my favorite movie of all time, is Double Indemnity. It is a Billy Wilder movie from 1944. So I I used to be maybe sort of my most like um, film, you know, cinephile type um, aspect of my just film history was that I, I the, the quote unquote golden era of filmmaking being the 1970s, I always ascribe to that. And I still do consider that to be sort of the golden era of filmmaking. And, but with that, I used to just, that was kind of my cutoff where I didn't really watch or enjoy movies before that era. And I say I didn't enjoy them mostly because I didn't really give them a chance. And so when I met my wife and, you know, we started dating and everything and we, she has a love for movies just like I do. And she has she has a lot of older movies that are pre seventies that she loves, and she kind of got turned me on to a lot of those. You know, the only like pre seventies movies that I ever actually really enjoyed or got into were uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies like Vertigo and Psycho, 
and um, rear window, etc. You know, those in the in the fifties and stuff. So uh, you know, cycle with nineteen sixty. But so those, you know, those being the exceptions. Uh, but there were other movies as well that that my wife was like, okay, you got to watch these movies, you know. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give them a shot. You like them so much. And one of those was Double Indemnity. And I've always been a big fan of film noir, but for whatever reason, I just never really delved into the sort of birth of film noir in the 40s and 50s with a lot of movies like Double Indemnity. Um, Double Indemnity is, of course, one of the ones that is actually sort of the forefathers of the film noir genre, kind of with The Big Sleep and some of those other movies of that era. And so she had me watch it and I instantly fell in love once I saw that movie. And it's just phenomenal. The cast is perfect. It is just the dialogue is unreal. It's so good. You, you look at any sort of, when you think of that sort of noir cheesy, but like also really good dialogue and, and you, you know, it, it, if you were to watch double indemnity today and you had no idea before listening to me, what it was about, uh, or what it was, then you might think like, oh, it just, it feels like something you've already seen, but it's one of those scenarios where it's because everything that is stuff that you've already seen came after this movie and was inspired by it to a large degree. And, you know, there's one specific scene where the, um, the main character, Walter Neff meets, um, this woman that he falls in love with and starts this, the whole process, of course, because there's always a dame, right. But, uh, and they're, they're talking in innuendos and he's, you know, she he sort of has comes on to her even though she's married and uh she's she's like we've got a speed off we've got a speed limit in this town sir and he goes how fast was i going officer and they have this whole exchange that's that's like they got pulled over or something and it's just phenomenal dialogue and stuff like that but fantastic film next is uh the aviator by martin scorsese another movie that um you know i i didn't have a ton of expectations from that uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't know anything about Howard Hughes. I didn't know, um, you know, it, it seemed Scorsese has always been, you know, the, or at least he's most famous for his sort of gritty gangster type bio, biopics and, and, and not necessarily biopics, but, but um, gritty gangster movies and things like that. And, and so I, I was like the aviator. It seems like an odd choice at that time for Scorsese. And so, but I was like, hey, you know, good cast, Martin Scorsese, how can you go wrong? And you absolutely can't go wrong because this is a phenomenal movie. And my vote for best uh, for um, Scorsese and just a phenomenal film. DiCaprio gives what I think is his best performance, the one that he should have won an Oscar for and a movie that should have won Best Picture and Scorsese should have won his best director for. <laughs> so they all, you know ended up winning in different categories. Of course, Scorsese winning for The Departed and a couple years later and uh, DiCaprio winning for The Revenant eventually. But that that is, uh, The Aviator is just a phenomenal movie. I was, I've, I went and read books about Howard Hughes and started learning more about him and, and watched documentaries and all sorts of things because it just, this movie took me to a place that was just, um, you know, it just, a place I did not realize I was going to go <laughs> when, uh, when I went to the theater to see that movie. So, uh, third is LA Confidential. I believe this is one that's also on Nate's list. And I mean, not at all surprising. I think I feel like uh, one thing we've learned is Nate and I have pretty similar tastes, I think. And LA Confidential, just a phenomenal movie. Um, you know, kind of has a lot of that film noir feel to it. Uh, that, that fifties, uh, you know, it doesn't have like the voiceover or anything like that, but it's got that fifties, uh, sort of street level feel. 
and it's just again casting is perfect the acting is great the writing is great um you know brian helgeland and curtis, curtis hansen i believe they won the, for the screenplay on that and it's just um just a phenomenal film another movie that and i think that's you know i think nate shares the sentiment of should have won best picture but of course going up against titanic that year what are you going to do and finally to wrap up the list here uh, for me is for my favorites is star wars anyone that knows me knows i've loved star wars my entire life uh, much to the dismay of our producer brandon who is not a star wars fan but it's uh, it's just a first of all it's just a good movie and it's fun it's incredible like i watch it i mean just i'll watch it all the time Whenever it's on, I watch it. I'll turn it on sometimes just to have something in the background if I'm doing, you know, folding laundry or whatever the case may be. Uh, or sometimes I just want to, I just want to watch a little bit of it before I go to sleep or whatever because I know it backwards and forwards. And I, I've collected figures and Funko Pops my whole life and everything. And I've just, you know, read books and and all this stuff. I just love the Star Wars universe, and I think it's it's awesome. And I love all the movies for different reasons. Some are better than others, of course, but it's you know, there's it's all Star Wars, which is good, um, in my opinion. So it's just, it's fantastic. I love love Star Wars, and that's the one that started it all. And it's just got so many good things. And The Empire Strikes Back may be a better movie, but as far as impact and everything, I mean, Star Wars is that's the one. So, um, and now to go with a, a few movies I dislike. It's it's hard to, um, you know, I get older, and there's so much information out there about movies and how you know you get reviews instantly and you can i mean there's the embargoes on movie reviews are often lifted often list, lifted now before they even um get released so you can know a day or two before a movie comes out what kind of reviews it's getting and i don't put the reviews aren't the end all be all because i've liked movies that haven't gotten great reviews but when i look at the reviews and read them i can usually tell okay is this a personal preference for something that a particular reviewer likes or doesn't like that I may like, right? So if they, uh, you know, Stone says, oh, I hate film noir. And so that this movie gets a four out of 10 or whatever the case, one star. Then I'm going to be like, okay, well, not that his opinion is invalid, but I, I, can, I can disregard some of what he's saying because part of the reason he doesn't like the movie is one of part of the reason why I may very well like it. So things like that, you kind of have to parse through. And when you've been reading reviews and watching movies as, as long as I have, you can kind of get that feeling. So when, when a movie comes out and I read the reviews and I may not be sure about it, especially in a post COVID world where I've got work and I've got, you know, a, a daughter who has school and sports and commitment and, you know, wife and family and everything. It just, it's harder to try and it's hard to just get out to a movie in general. So these days it usually has to be like a one that we know we're really going to like. Um, so if, if I you know, see a movie that I take a chance on that I may or may not like, it's usually on when I rent it, you know, on VOD or something like that. So, uh, but anyway, there, there are some, especially in recent years that I have disliked. Um, one is the tree of life. A Terrence Malick movie, and I was I was pretty pumped about this movie when it first came out. Actually, Terrence Malick is a um, you know very well known, well respected director in the industry. Hasn't made a ton of movies, but the ones he has are always well respected and well liked. And um, 
It had Jessica Chastain, who's one of my favorite actresses. I mean, Brad Pitt was in it, uh, Sean Penn. You know, it's just a fantastic cast. And so I'm like, okay, this has got to be a, it's got to be a great movie. I'm ready. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm ready for this. And it was just the most pedantic, awful thing I've seen in, in a long time. It was just, I mean, it, yeah, that it, it, it's, you'd have to see it to understand, but it's like, it's like a two and a half hour movie. And there was about a 45 minute sequence in there that was really good. And that could have been a good movie if they had gone with that the entire route. But instead we're getting, you know, weird sort of interludes in space. And then it's like going back in time and there's dinosaurs and then people are floating in the air. It's just really weird out there stuff that it's like, Oh, you know, look at how, um, look at how metaphorical I am and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, Oh, come on. So did not like Tree of Life. Uh, another one is A House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, my friend and I saw this in high school way back when, and it kind of scarred me for life. I hate, I, I love horror movies, right? But I like horror movies. Um, I, at the time, I didn't really have the, the greatest grasp on the sort of differences between horror and gore and sort of splatterpunk, if you will. Type movies and House of a Thousand Corpses is definitely in that sort of gore category. You know, if you've uh, Human Centipede type stuff, I've never seen Human Centipede because now I know that that's that type of movie and that's not for me. Uh, but House of a Thousand Corpses was the one, and actually turned me off of horror in general for a while because there was a period in the two thousands there where where all the movies it seemed like that were horror were like that. You know, you had like House of a Thousand Corpses, you had Wolf Creek and The Hills Had Eyes and and things like that that were just um just gore fests and it was it's just like that's not um that's not the brand of horror that i tend to enjoy so uh yeah did not like that movie and the next was um terminator salvation so i absolutely love the terminator series one of my favorite like go-to feel-good series terminator predator and alien uh and robocop are like you know all kind of had a big presence in the 80s and the 90s as well when i was uh, growing up and those were kind of the first r-rated movies i saw and they were just uh, i love i still to this day you know i own all the predator movies i own all the alien movies i have a bunch of memorabilia i play the video games i do all that i just love them and terminator especially as well also love but man i was super pumped about terminator salvation again another deal christian bale Bryce Dallas Howard, like just a really good cast. Again, uh, Sam Worthington, who was just coming off of Avatar fame at the time. I mean, it was, I was pumped for this movie and it was just god awful. Mick G was the director and I think he had gotten his start in music videos and he basically directed it like it was a music video with just like no character development, no plot, no good pacing, just like a bunch of really good action scenes. They went to his credit, they were good action scenes, but. The movie overall, just woof, it was bad. Um, and then to kind of finish up, so some movies that people might be surprised that I like. Um, one is uh, She's Out of Your League. That's a, it's a sort of 2010s rom-com starring Jay Baruchel and um, uh, Alice Eve. And it was, I don't know. I just think it's a fun movie and it's, it's just, uh, it's an enjoyable 
thing. So I, I like to watch that. Uh, next one is 10 Things I Hate About You. It's another movie, kind of a high school, just sort of rom-com thing. And, uh, but a really good cast of like young stars who end up being big stars, right? So, you know, Heath Ledger was in it and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, so just lots of, um, just another fun one. Uh, John Carter is another one. I love that movie. And I also like a lot of sci-fi fantasy type stuff. And that is exactly what John Carter is. And I really wish that movie was a, up until this summer, which has been a massive summer for blockbuster bombs. Uh, John Carter was one of the biggest bombs in history. Unfortunately, I saw it in the theater, loved it. I own it. Um, it's a, I think it's just super fun. And I really wish it hadn't bombed because they're, they've, I mean, it's based on a series of books. I haven't read them, but I, I know there's a bunch of them and uh, there's a lot of stories to tell there. So I wish they could have kept it going, but I don't know, maybe they'll revive it at some point. Uh, and then finally, um, Monster Hunter. So it's, this is one of those things that's it's surprising, but also not surprising because if anybody who knows me knows I play a lot of video games and Monster Hunter is one of my favorite franchises of video games. But the reason it's surprising is because a lot of people in the Monster Hunter community severely disliked the movie. Oh, it's not, you know, it's not accurate. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird comments about, um, you know, this is not accurate to the biology of the Nursella monster, which is, it was just, like, so much nitpicking stuff. I'm like, come on, people. It was just fun. It, and a big reason that I liked Monster Hunter was because it had a an enemy mine vibe. And I don't know if anybody's seen it. that might be another surprising movie. People think people uh, don't know, but uh, I really like that movie. It's a movie from the eighties starring Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. About a, a man. There's a, like a war in space. Um, I think it was on, I'm not sure if, the, if it's on Mars or just some other planet. Um, but this war happens, this huge battle happens. And then both armies leave, but two people from either side are left and they're the only ones left and they have to fend for themselves and their enemies, and they don't speak the same language, but they eventually realize they have to work together and become friends, and then they develop this really good friendship and all this stuff. So it's a really good movie, and there's a lot of those kind of vibes to, to, to Monster Hunters. So that's part of why I like it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell there as far as what my uh, likes and dislikes and, and maybe some surprising things as well. So anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about me and I hope you enjoyed more listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, thank you for tuning in and, and thank you for, for listening to these little about us segments. I uh, hope you, yeah, enjoyed a little bit of background and I hope you keep, keep listening and keep enjoying on the podcast. So, so thanks again for tuning in and hope to hope you'll, you'll hear us again. That was Jeff's favorite movies. Next will be Nate. Welcome, Duel of the Greats podcast listeners. My name is Nate Carter. I am a co-host of the Duel of the Greats podcast, along with Steve and Jeff, and of course our producer, Brandon. As you will probably hear us mention uh, at various points throughout the recording of the podcast and episodes, Steve and I are first cousins, and I actually grew up with just one first cousin, and he is my only first cousin, and we are the exact same age. We were born just a few days apart, so we have been watching movies together for a very, very long time, a good portion of our lives. And for a good portion of that time, I have been really into filmmaking, and I have been making lists of my favorite movies of all time. I was so into filmmaking, and this is, I think, why Steve and Jeff brought me in. I do have a little bit of an academic and production background in film. I have a, a college degree in film and media studies from the University of Kansas, 
and then I was involved in uh, several different and varied uh, different kinds of independent film productions in my late teens and through my 20s. So I think that is why they wanted to include me in this, so I can provide a little bit of insight uh, from the world of academic theory and criticism of films, and as well a little bit from the production side. Um, so when I think about a list of my favorite movies of all time, I have a list right now that I'm looking at of about 20 movies. This list is always expanding, always evolving. I know that this list looked radically different when I was 19 or 20 years old. When I try to whittle these movies down to like a top four or five, I start to think of the movies that I rewatch over and over again and that I will frequently revisit, usually a few times a year. For about the past 10 years, when asked what is your favorite movie of all time, my official answer has been the David Fincher film Zodiac, about the Zodiac killer in San Francisco, a film that I think is just an absolutely perfectly executed film that I just never tire of and has some of my favorite moments ever at the movies. I remember seeing it for the very first time in a movie theater, and I always feel the exact same way, and I always get something new out of it when I watch it. My film broiest opinion of movies uh, that's definitely one of my favorites is The Godfather 1 and 2, which I'm including as one movie just because Francis Ford Coppola himself has stated that it is a single character arc that is told across two films. And I, those are, that's probably The Godfather 1 and 2 are my favorite classic films, and I've learned to appreciate them more as an adult. I always like them, but I've really learned to love them as an adult. L.A. Confidential. Uh, Curtis Hansen's film from 1997 is another one of my favorites. In general, I love 90s crime movies, starting with Goodfellas and then through all the Tarantino stuff, Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown, uh, the Michael Mann movie Heat. I love crime movies in the 1990s, and controversially, some would say, I actually think that L.A. Confidential is maybe the best of all those movies. I think it should have won Best Picture at the Oscars, but it was going up against Titanic. Nothing was beating Titanic that year. The next film that I've rewatched so many times in recent years is the movie Steve Jobs, written by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is my favorite uh, television and film writer. My favorite TV show of all time is The West Wing, and Steve Jobs is probably my favorite screenplay of his. And that's another film that I've rewatched frequently, and I seem to get something new out of every time. And then my last one is the Tom Hanks film, That Thing You Do. Um, I really always liked this movie. I liked it when I was very young, and I've really – another one that I've really learned to appreciate more as I have gotten older – and I rewatch that movie frequently. My one little honorable mention that I'll also throw in there, I want to mention all these movies on the list, but my favorite trilogy of all time is the Back to the Future trilogy, and I rewatch those movies a lot as well. Thinking about movies that I dislike, as I've moved into middle age, it is... Uh, it's it's unlike me to watch a movie that I know nothing about that I just go into completely blind. And for that reason, I don't encounter a lot of movies that I dislike because usually if I'm going into a theater or I'm dedicating the time to watch a movie, I have a good, pretty good sense that I'm going to like it. I've read about it or I've watched enough trailers. For that reason, thinking over the past 10 years, the movies that I've really disliked, they've been part of series that I have up until that point really enjoyed. And I found myself very disappointed by the movies. Uh, one of them is an MCU movie. I really, really disliked the movie Iron Man 3. Uh, I like the first two Iron Mans a lot, and I thought Iron Man 3 was a huge letdown. 
Uh, I uh, my first R-rated film I was ever allowed to watch as a kid was Terminator 2, and for that reason, Terminator Dark Fate was a very disappointing movie to me for a number of reasons. I think very problematic for a number of reasons. And then uh, what I would argue is maybe the most disappointing movie I've ever seen in a theater, and honestly disappointing to the point that I thought it was almost insulting to its audience, was the most recent Jurassic World film, Jurassic World Dominion, uh, which again had a number of issues and it, that were quite perplexing, and I'm not entirely certain why the filmmakers chose to to make that film in the way they did. So those are the movies that, again, part of a series, so that's kind of what got me in because I'd previously liked movies in the series and I was really disappointed by those. And finally, a few movies that might surprise people to know that I really like them. I think uh, my favorite, uh, actually both of them are kind of portraits of an artist. Uh, Maybe my favorite ever portrait of an artist is the animated Pixar film Ratatouille. It is my favorite Pixar movie. Again, that's another one I've learned to appreciate more as I have gotten older. I have a young daughter, and she watches a lot of Pixar films, and I've really come to appreciate Ratatouille, particularly its message at the end to not be cynical and to continue to keep your mind open to new art and new artists and new art forms. I think the the message of that movie is really profound, and I've really grown to love it. And then the one that probably gets me the strangest looks at parties is the Zac Efron vehicle, We Are Your Friends, which is a not uh, not many people have even seen the movie. It was a huge critical and box office bomb that I just happened to love. It is about electronic music artists in Los Angeles, and I rewatch that. I own the movie, and I rewatch it frequently, and people are always perplexed because they've either never heard of the movie or if they've heard of it, they can't believe that it's uh, one of my recent favorites. So that's just kind of a snapshot of the movies that I like and my general opinions of movies. I'm sure that there are many others on this list, and I'm sure that they will get brought up in various contexts uh, as we are recording these episodes. But uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of a snapshot of the kind of movies I like, and we hope you enjoy listening to the Duel of the Greats podcast. That was Nate's favorite movies, and all that's left is me, so I'm kicking it back to myself. Thanks for listening. All right, I'm Steve Shepard. I'm one of the hosts here of Duel of the Greats. We are doing a uh, little intro thing here where each of us kind of pitches who we are and what films mean a lot to us so that you can have a better understanding of what motivates us. I, unfortunately, am going to be out of town when the other folks are recording, so... They get to mercilessly make fun of my choices without any hope of retaliation. But, here we go. I've always found it very, very hard to narrow down my favorites to just one movie, so usually I try to break it down into genre, but for the purposes of this exercise, I'm just going to tell you a few of my favorites. My list on Letterboxd has uh, 14 things that I consider my favorite, so I probably should be a bit more discriminating, but I'll give you a couple here. Um... Jurassic Park is one, which we're going to cover later on, along with Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. So Steven Spielberg had a pretty big effect on me growing up, which makes sense considering I was born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s. Uh, It's prime Spielberg, uh, if you ask me. But uh, those two obviously shaped a lot of my childhood growing up. As I got older, I saw 12 Angry Men, which really kind of uh, made me, you know, had a profound effect on me. I think if you ask a lot of attorneys or people that went to law school, Uh, I think they would say the same thing, seeing citizens engaging in debate, trying to discuss whether this man is innocent or guilty, um, and going over it in detail and 
determining if the rule of law is going to prevail is it had a really big effect. And I don't want to say it's the reason I became a lawyer, but it was, you know, it surely played a part. That's three, right? Um, the Dark Knight is one of, I think, the best films ever made in terms of cinematic achievement. And it, it just, to me, it's a perfect movie. I, some people have issues with, I think, um, some of the pacing. Uh, but to me, I, I love it. I, I could watch that just over and over and over again on a loop. And the last one I'll tell you about, let's go with Seven Samurai, which I only saw a couple years ago. But it, it, once you see it, you see all the influences it's had in the last, you know, 70, 80 years of cinema. And on top of that, it's just a fantastic movie. Even though it's long, um, it's it's just kind of edge of your seat the whole time. So those are five of my favorite movies. Uh, three of my least favorite movies. Well, this one is going to be a little bit tougher, but I think I can do it. On my letterboxd, I have 16 films that I've rated one half star. Two of these immediately come to the top of mind when I think worst movies I've ever seen. Um... And again, taste is subjective, so I'm not saying these are the worst films of all time, as in they were just poorly made or, you know, lacking artistic value. These are my least favorite films. The Passion of the Christ. I'm not really a religious person, so uh, it already loses me there, but I'm not going to hold that against it. If it tells a compelling story, and the story of uh, the biblical Jesus and that, you know, the New Testament and all that, that that's a pretty compelling story, so... I went in willing to, you know, give it a shot, and it just is, it's its torture, I mean, literally. I mean, that's the whole point, but he revels in it, and Mel Gibson just, you know, he really, really just has a great time rolling around in that mud, or that blood, um, and it just, it's not compelling. The movie isn't compelling, so um, did not like that one. The Immortals, a 2011 film starring, I think, Henry Cavill. Uh, I don't really remember much. I just remember being bored to death. And it was like off-putting the way that the movie was shot. The acting was not good in my mind. And I would never wish that I'm on my worst enemy watching that one again. Uh, third movie that I just absolutely dislike. Those two really are the only two that come to mind as, oh my God, I'd never rewatch these ever, ever, ever again. But some of the other half-star ones I'm looking through here. And I'll go ahead and go with Law-Abiding Citizen. I think that's the uh, Gerard Butler one. And that's just a mean-spirited revenge flick that has no no really compelling... I keep saying compelling. I guess that's what drives me. But it's got no nothing that saves it from just being pure misery. Um, the characters are unlikable. The action, to me, wasn't that exciting. And it just was kind of just a painful two hours or however long it was. So, I wouldn't recommend that one. Alright, and the last thing, I believe, was one movie that I like that surprises even myself, but also would surprise people that know me. Um, let me think about this one for a second. I think it's got to be The Grand Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson. I do not consider myself a Wes Anderson fan, frankly. Uh, that's the first movie of his that I watched that I really just enjoyed from the beginning to end. I don't know if it's just that particular blend of actors, which I get is silly to say because he uses a lot of the same folks, but um, it just it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, even though it's got some some heavy subject matter. I just love escaping uh, to that world and that, uh, that hotel, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, I don't know if that really fits because people that do know me, especially these two, 
um, doing the podcast with me, they know that I like that movie. But to me, it surprises me because it's certainly not a type of movie I would usually like. And I'm going to cheat and throw in my two honorable mentions because they're miniseries, so they don't count. But Lonesome Dove would be my favorite movie of all time if it was a movie. And Band of Brothers is perfect television. And it's 10 hours, so it's not really a movie, but it's just perfect. Wouldn't change a single thing. So there you go. I'm curious to hear what the other guys say. I know what uh, what a few of their answers are going to be, but this will be fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy listening to the podcast. We're having a lot of fun making it, which is kind of the whole reason we did it. Um, but anyway, enjoy. Thanks.